Welcome to The Collective. The Collective is a storytelling podcast interviewing hairstylists and makeup artists. These artists are going to share their stories and their journeys with us. On today's episode of The Collective, we have Cassandra McClure. Cassandra McClure is a clean beauty makeup artist who specializes in elite destination weddings. She's the creator of Lash Finder and the Clean Beauty Podcast. Thank you so much, Cassandra, for joining us today on The Collective. Hi, yeah, <laughs> so getting started on the collective, I always ask, who is Cassandra? Yeah, so I am a entrepreneur. I always have been. I now live in Palo Alto and I am the host of the number one clean beauty podcast in the world. And I am the founder and creator of Lash Binder, which is a tool I I created after being in the industry for a little over 10 years. Uh, And I uh, run a chapter of Rising Tide. I started that two years ago. And I own an event company. And I own uh, my styling business, CassandraMcClure.com. I kind of uh, work with wedding, a lot of weddings and events. Last year, we did about 40 weddings. So I have a team in Washington, a team in California, and I go all over the world for destination weddings and events for celebrities and brides all over. And um, I just got back from Bali and I'm going to Seattle next week. So I go back home for weddings all the time for my friends that are getting married. So that's always fun. Um, I'm engaged. I have a little French bulldog and... Yeah, that's pretty much it, I guess, Um, like the highlights. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing it with us. So, Cassandra, how did you get started? You have a a huge background, but um, how did you get started being a makeup artist before Lash Binder came in and before your amazing bridal business? How did you get started? Yeah, so my mom was in the event world. She uh, helped plan and work events with an event company. And so I was going on site with her really early on and seeing brides and going to wedding shows. And I got to see a lot of the behind the scenes of how it all, how it all went down. I even worked with like a local catering company as a server, like growing up, I just had all those types of jobs. We were working labor, setting up tents. Um, I always had the coolest birthdays because I had a jump house and like a bounce house and, you know, cotton candy machines and all the fun stuff. So I, but I always loved beauty and I always loved photography. And so from a really young age, I always had a camera and I got into a lot of early modeling like I was doing selfies before that was a thing and I definitely was you know taking my friends doing their makeup and taking photos of them and having people take photos of me and I would I knew kind of how to move and angles before I even really knew understood what it was there was no Instagram there was no YouTube there was no Facebook there was no there was nothing like that so I just um naturally just um you know took thousands of photos of my friends I have boxes of them and um at school and stuff. And I was one of the first to, you know, start playing with makeup. And I was just really into it. And my cousin who worked at Sephora brought me lots of product. And I would, you know, do people's makeup for prom and Tolo and like all those like little dances and stuff. And it just naturally evolved into a business. Um, 
I started getting asked to do uh, not only just makeup, but modeling things too. And so I started working in Seattle. I'm from Washington State. And Seattle is quite far, but, you know, I took a ferry over and I'd go do little shoots over there and that was fun. And then right when I turned 18, I moved to LA. I had to get out of my small town and um, I went to beauty school in Hollywood and uh, graduated with an HD master certificate for high definition makeup for film and print. And uh, also learned, you know, blood gore prosthetic makeup and I was just super into the whole thing and I started working right away. My first big job, like right out of school was with um, Top Chef. Uh, I worked on a lot of TV sets because we were in Hollywood, obviously. So, you know, if I wasn't modeling, I was working as a makeup artist and vice versa. And so I got on on set with a lot of different um, cool people that we now know, you know, Kim Kardashian and stuff like that. And I went to all the award shows. I sat as extras and lots of different films and stuff. And it was really, really fun. I got to network a lot. And then, um, yeah, from there, you know, it was all about, okay, well, how am I going to make money? Because, you know, those kind of jobs don't pay a lot. And so I, uh, started working with brides more. I had my first bride when I was 16, but I wasn't like super, it was okay. I just, I didn't think I was going to do that nonstop or, you know, full time or long term. And so, you know, I wanted to do the, all the creative, really fun, like studio shoots and stuff. So, um, I kind of shied away from it and then I kind of went back to it and started doing more weddings and, uh, yeah. So it just kind of snowballed, I guess, from there because I was, you know, right when I was able to get a Yelp page and, uh, uh, you know, I had my website, I think for, I don't know, 10 years now. Um, I always kind of had a website. I always wanted to be really professional and have business cards and do all that stuff. And so, I was always putting myself out there and, you know, you kind of put a business card out and then maybe at six months later it comes back to you and that sort of thing. And, um, I was just always hustling from the very beginning and, um, yeah, grew and grew and grew. And, um, you know, people from all over the world would contact me. Uh, my first like real big international job, like, um, I went to Spain and did a, a wedding over there, you know, with someone I didn't even know. They just found me online and or they got a recommendation from someone in California. And then uh, she flew me out to Spain uh, and I did her wedding makeup. And um, from there, I just knew I had something special and I kind of just kept it going. And now here I am. It's amazing. It's amazing. So for those of us who start kind of um you know, playing with makeup and putting it on our friends and that sort of thing. You kind of started from the business aspect. So with your mom being the event planner, you were kind of already put into that business, um, kind of that business mindset from the beginning, which is amazing. So from, yeah. yeah, so from those early days of being kind of behind the scenes, you were behind the scenes a lot. So from there to going into your own bridal business, which is done, uh, amazing. Can you think of one of the one of the early things that you learned that had been so impactful for today? Like, is there something that really sticks with you today that you learned early on? Well, I remember like one thing that I did that was definitely, you know, I, my mom was going to wedding shows and she would set up a booth. And to me, that's just so old school of a way that, you know, brides go out and find their vendors now, because, you know, we want to be really, we're all personal people and we want to, go to someone that we know or a referral, but I guess you end up going to a wedding show if you don't know anybody. But um, I asked my mom when I was really young, like, can I set up a 
you know, a chair at your booth and just do people's makeup. And I only had a couple brushes at a couple products. I didn't really know what I was doing. I probably wasn't even that sanitary. I didn't know anything about sanitation at that point, but I booked my first bride, like the first time that I did a show. And, um, again, it was one of those kind of like pivotal things that I was like, wow, like, okay, I could really do this and charge money and like all of that stuff. Um, so your question is more like it, what did I, what did I experience business-wise or what do you mean? Just in general, like, is there something that you learned early on when you were working kind of with your mom doing the event planning behind the scenes? Was there something that you learned that you still utilize today? Like, was there, um, there was a lot of, I knew there was a lot of money in weddings and I knew that I was at a lot of fancy venues and homes and that people paid a lot of money for tables and chairs and stuff like that and linens and, um, I learned hard work from the very beginning. My mom was, you know, she was, she's still, she's, um, she grew up on basically a farm and all of her sisters worked really hard and, you know, they lift, you know, really heavy equipment. And I learned that money did not come from trees. It was definitely made. And so I, you know, always wanted to save my money. I always knew that it was going to be hard and that nothing ever came easy. And I just, I didn't come from a family of uh, wealth. And so I had to, I mean, I had, you know, a job at Dairy Queen. That was my first, well, I always had a job in high school. Like I just, I always had to feel like I was making my own money. And so I guess hard work was instilled in me in a very young age. And even everyone in my family that I looked up to, like everyone, you know, all my aunts, like everyone had a job every, you know, we made wreaths during Christmas time. We always found a way to make money. Um, I was always sort of in that, uh, hustle mindset. I would make things and sell them. I'd buy things and resell them. I was like always, um, you know, ready to make my next dollar. And I was always thinking of opportunities to make money. And I tried a lot of things I did. I did so many businesses that I tried and I wouldn't call them failures because I was just trying stuff. I made um, scarves and put Swarovski crystals on them. I um, started a lingerie company. I, um, I just recently started, like I've done a lot of stuff and I think a lot of people are scared to do those types of things because they think they're going to um, fail, you know, or they're going to not make it and that it's going to be really humiliating and that everyone's going to know and stuff. And honestly, I've changed my Instagram name 10 times and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. People know my journey and that's okay. And, um, I think that's just really important to kind of, um, to kind of keep in mind that you shouldn't worry about what other people think, like the people who really care are going to be there no matter what. And it's all learning, you know, life is just about learning. And so just because, and you know, you don't know something until you know it. So it just because you think, you know, if you think something's right and you do it, like I didn't know that beauty was like, that was hurting me physically. I didn't know that all the products that I was using on my clients was harmful. I didn't know that I was causing blindness in my own eyes. I didn't know those things. And so once you know, and you're empowered, you're able to, um, share that. And that's the kind of when my business started to take off. And in the last year and a half, um, my entire life has changed, not just my health, but like my overall, 
um, outlook on the beauty industry and the whole clean beauty movement and everything. So it's just been really amazing to like be a part of something so uh, profound. It's like when women, like to me, I feel like it's like when a law changes, you know, like when we first were able to start voting, it feels like that. It feels like once these laws are passed to regulate the cosmetic industry, I like, I'm a part of that. Like I have a podcast that's dedicated to that. I am on a mission to ban 1500 ingredients. Um, you know, these have directly affected my friends and my family that have suffered um, and who have gone, had cancer, who have died. Um, and I had no idea, you know, and I was doing makeup my whole life and I thought it was just fun. I didn't know that it was um, hurting me or hurting, um, hurting anybody for, yeah, at all. How did you get started on the clean beauty movement? How did this become a part of your life? My um, health was declining and I didn't know what was wrong. I had a lot of little red itchy bumps all over my back every time I took a shower and I thought it was like my water. I didn't realize like I got prescri prescribed glasses and I didn't know like why my vision was getting so bad. I didn't know that you know, my eyes were constantly watering. Every time I do my makeup, my eyes would water, my skin would get itchy and red. I was super inflamed. I couldn't sleep anymore. And I started to just be coughing and sneezing and my nose was always running. And I didn't know like what was going on. So I was like, okay, I moved to California. Like maybe it's allergies. Like I moved back to California um, three years ago. And I was like, I just, I had no idea. Um, and I went to the doctor and they prescribed me, um, uh, they told me to get a HEPA filter, which is like an air purifier thing. They were like, oh, it's probably your house. And then they said, you got to come in for shots because you uh, have allergies and we need to give you shots once a week. So you need to come into the doctor. Um, and they prescribed me medication because they, they found psoriasis all over my body and we were like, oh, you know, this is permanent. You have to, you know, take this medication for the rest of your life and your head, you know, you have to use a special shampoo and all this stuff. And I was just really overwhelmed. And I was, and it was scary because I was like spending my savings, like thousands of dollars on all these things. And I just, I had no idea what was going on. And at the same time, I um, was working with a sustainable project. It's a dot org that I started with my friend to educate the community on the environmental impacts of the fashion, home and beauty industries. And I just was like super interested in the subject and I thought sustainability was cool. And so I, you know, was changing little things in my own life and, uh, I was super interested. So I took on the role as beauty director and I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to find sustainable makeup brands, like whatever that means. I started looking and I didn't really find anything. I thought all the brands I was using, like the really big ones at the department stores were sustainable because they, they cost so much. I was like, you know, maybe the packaging is recyclable or maybe, you know, and then once I started realizing what sustainability meant, um, I was like, wow, okay. Like none of the brands that I have in my kit or in my own home are sustainable. So I was like, so what is, and, um, my girlfriend said something like, you know, look for brands that are certified B Corp. That's going to help you narrow down, uh, what a sustainable brand is. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I started looking and the first brand I found was beauty counter. And I started looking at all their stuff and it was like, oh, you know, uh, clean and, and green, like, right. It was like oh, all about clean beauty. And I was like, what is clean beauty? Like, why 
are, why am I not using that? You know, and, and does that work? And the first thing I thought is, okay, this is hippie stuff. It's like, doesn't work. It's organic and natural. So, you know, it doesn't perform because I'm a professional. I can't be using that kind of stuff. I've tried different brands and they didn't really work. And so, um, but once I, I went to this little cocktail hour and I was talking to this woman and she's like, yeah, you know, like I had, I had cancer and I had, um, severe like endocrine and hormone disruptors in my body, like from the chemicals I was, I had them in my home, in my body. And I was like, what, like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you know, the cosmetic industry is unregulated and women should never have to compromise their health in the name of beauty. And I was like, your health, like, what do you mean? She's like, well, for the past 50 years, like there has been not one, um, regulation in uh or law passed and i was like what she's like yeah the average american puts between 12 and 20 products on their skin every day and i was like okay but i put at least you know 40 because i wear like 10 things of makeup just on my face and i started to think like oh my god my whole house like you know our skin is our largest organ and um, it absorbs up to 60% of what we put on it. And 80% of the ingredients that we're using um, have never been tested for safety. Like, I, that blew me away. So I was like, okay, so what is considered a cosmetic? I was just thinking makeup. But I was like, oh, my God, my shampoo, my conditioner, my body wash, my perfume, everything I was mm -hmm. yeah, everything in my, in my whole house. And um, she was like, you know, these ingredients are known to be linked to cancer, birth defects, learning disabilities, and all sorts of problems. And I said, oh my God, I have to do my own detox. So I went home, not really thinking that I was gonna see an immediate change. Like I didn't, I just went home and I said, let me look at all my stuff and see what has like fragrance in it because she said that was like one of the main kind of things you could look for and I looked through everything I had like 98% of everything in my house I mean I had Victoria's Secret like every single thing from my body wash to my lotion to my body spray my air fresheners and my walls everything was making me sick and in three days I could see better like I, my, my vision, my skin, my breathing, everything changed. And by day seven, I was on, on Facebook. I was doing Facebook lives. I was like, holy crap. If you guys have had any of these issues, like try this. And mm -hmm. that viral, it went viral. And I had like 10,000 views, like overnight people shared it. And, um, I found out that like all these companies are self-regulating and they're just serving the needs of like the leading companies, like huge corporations and they're testing on the American consumer and they don't care what's going in them. It's a big problem when there hasn't been a law passed since 1938. So I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I just thought it was shocking that no one passed a law. And Greg, who founded Beauty Counter, you know, she's a mom. She started it because it was like a clean brand. And I was like, wow, it's not only clean, it's sustainable. It's in alignment with what I'm currently doing. Let me try this product. Let me try these products and um, see, you know, if they work for me. So I ordered, like I got, you know, I signed up because as a makeup artist, I'm used to getting 25 or 30% off whatever product line that I bought. 
I was using Makeup Forever and Mac at the time. I paid for a Mac membership and I bought most of the stuff in my kit was from there other than my Chanel, my YSL, and my other like really high-end products that I kept in my kit because I was known as a luxury artist. I was serving celebrities and high-end brides and so I was using, you know, like $90 blush because I wanted them to feel special and I wanted, you know, the packaging to be really beautiful and all of that. And so I was like, let me order, you know, this starter set from Beauty Counter. I'm going to sign up as a consultant because I want the discount. Obviously, right. my makeup, I'm not paying full price. And I got all the products and I started using them. And um, within a like within a couple days, like my friends were like, what are you wearing? Oh my God, your skin looks amazing. Like I wasn't breaking out. I didn't have pimples anymore. My psoriasis went away, which they told me was impossible. Um, and my skin cleared, like everything got better. And the makeup was really great. Like I would wear it full days out. And my friends were like, what are you wearing? And I was like, oh, it's this like clean brand. And they were like, what is clean? You know? And I started talking about it and telling people outside my circle and like just whoever I was meeting and also my clients. And in the first month, I made the money back that I invested in Beauty Counter. Like, I had people that bought from me and bought the products that I recommended. And they had always done that for 10 years. Like, my mom's been buying the MAC powder I told her about in, like, 1999. Like, I mean, everyone always buys what I recommend and what I talk about online. And, I mean, I've been sponsored by CoverGirl and, like, big companies. And wh whatever I say, they buy. You know, it's like... I've always been an influencer online. I've always, you know, whenever I go to a makeup job, everyone's taking pictures of my makeup kit. They want whatever I'm using. And so, of course, this was no different because the products were beautiful. I was wearing all of them every single day. And I was like, these are great. My skin isn't breaking out. And my friends started using them and experiencing the same dang thing. And so I was like, oh my gosh, you know, they're, they're chick, they're beautiful packaging, gold packaging, you know, the little, um, under eye concealer pen looks identical to the YSL, uh, Eclair, touch Eclair like pen. Like it looks exactly the same and everyone thinks I use YSL, but it's not, it's, it's the beauty counter one and, um, they're super safe and effective and, you know, the, the team just looked at what. You know, they have a celebrity makeup artist on their team, Christy Coleman, and they were able to develop products that were high performance enough to be on the red carpet, to be on, you know, celebs and that were also safe. And they put all their all their products through like all this rigorous testing and they do so much in the like communities to give back. But they also developed this amazing uh, direct sales uh, thing so that you know, artists and uh, women everywhere could benefit from sharing clean beauty, um, which is a huge movement. I mean, if you're if you look at the news, it's in like CNN, like every week it's in some other news uh, platform. Like, I mean, it's insane. And so uh, I as a huge podcaster, I love podcasts. I have like 50 on my phone. I listen to every single beauty podcast. I know every episode. I know every, I've met most of the podcasts, beauty podcasters in the world. They're all awesome. And, um, I was looking for clean beauty podcasts and I couldn't find any, I couldn't even really find very many episodes on clean beauty. And I was like, why isn't this being talked about? And I always wanted to start a podcast and I even had a name picked out um, before. And I was just like, it wasn't the right time. So I just sat on it and it came to me and I was like, clean beauty. Like there's nothing like it. Why wouldn't I do this? And I didn't know what I was doing. It was so scary. 
but my fiance was like, really, he believed in me and I taught him so much and he's an engineer. Like he went to MIT. He's so smart. And he was like, Oh my gosh, you are onto something. You need to just go for this. And he bought me my first microphone, like my first sound, my boom and like all of that stuff. And he was like, go for it. Put a hundred percent of your effort into clean beauty this year, do the podcast and see what happens. And within six months, um, I had a fully, uh, functional business just off beauty counter alone, which was not my intention, but I get, you know, thousand dollar paychecks and up every single month because of everyone who buys from me, who found me from my podcast or other artists who have signed up in the Bay area. I have, uh, a lot. <laughs> um, and in Washington too, um, people contact me from all over and want to be on, um, on my team and join the clean beauty movement. And they're doing that through beauty counter, which is the only clean uh, brand that is, um, you know, not self-regulated, I could say, because all the beauty brands are, you know, self-regulating and putting whatever they want on their labels. There's no laws. Um, and so, um, and beauty counter is like third party testing them, like batch testing them, doing all that stuff. So it's, um, it's really good news for, for the industry, for our family. There's not just makeup, it's skincare, it's baby products. It's, it, they just came out with a men's line. So whatever your clientele is, you can share this with them and they will be purchasing this from you, especially when they look up what beauty counter is all about. And so, um, the podcast took off. I don't really talk about beauty counter on there. I talk about, I interview other clean and sustainable brands that give back. And so I do new episodes every Monday and I bring on different brands that I find that I love that are also doing great and clean beauty. But the difference is I share those products and I make nothing from that. I share a beautiful lipstick or, you know, this new company tower 28, like they're awesome, but they don't have the, uh, there's, they don't give back when I, when I share, right? Like nobody can buy from me. Um, just traditionally, like anything in Sephora, like they just, they don't, they don't work that way. And so, um, it's just been really amazing that I have been able to fuel my podcast and start my own beauty brand because I work with beauty counter, like, and my podcast also makes money from, from sponsors. So it's been really amazing to, launch two businesses within a year, um, doing good in the world, which is it just, it just, and I actually, I had 40 weddings last year, this year I've only done five and they've all been destination and I make a killing because I don't, I don't need to work every single weekend now. And, you know, I was always trading time for dollars every single time I wasn't making money at, in my sleep at night on vacation. I had to rely on going and meeting clients and I'm 30 years old. Like I've been doing this a long time and I was really getting, um, tired, you know, like I would do a wedding and then I would sleep the entire next day because I was, you know, so tired. And so it's so nice to have, I wouldn't call it residual income. I would call it consistent. Um, because you are going to work like you're working no matter what profession you're in. Um, but it's really changed my life. And so clean beauty has just been this, amazing um like rabbit hole that you just keep learning more and more and more and more about ingredients like learning about like I had no idea what mica really was you know I didn't understand that like children mine for it in Af or in uh India and die every single day just so that we could wear a shimmer shimmer eyeshadow you know what I mean like I had no idea that 
every single cosmetic company sources from out of the country and pays, you know, a cent a day to these families and like, you know, keeps them in a press. It's like horrible. Like I had no idea. Um, and like beauty counter doesn't get there, do, you know, have any mica that's not, uh, ethically sourced, you know, like stuff like that. And so finding brands that are actually taking, like that are aware of these issues that are trying to do better for the world, treating our environment better, you know, and working to help women in the process. It's just like a beautiful thing. And so it's really um, become my passion. And it's like my entire life now. I mean, there's not one conversation that I have that doesn't include um, clean beauty because it's, you know, it affects everybody. It affects my grandma. It affects my mom. It affects my soon to be daughter. Like what I put on my body now will uh, affect my DNA, which later will affect my child when I have kids, you know, and it can affect, you know, it can cause birth defects, it can cause all sorts of stuff. Um, I mean, I'm still permanently slightly blind um, because I've been sticking eye pencils in my eye since I was 10 years old. Like I had no idea that what I was doing to my body was harmful. Um, and, you know, like, obviously the really obvious things, like the, all the fragrances in my home and the air, like I saw immediate results, but there are some things we're putting on our bodies that are causing the long term. Like that's, you know, you think about, um, talc, talcum powder, what's in it, what's in talc, asbestos, right? I didn't know that I was using Johnson and Johnson baby powder, my whole upbringing, um, will I have ovarian cancer one day? It's possible. A lot of people have died from it specifically from Johnson and Johnson. And we all know what, what baby powder is. It's for babies. Um, and so just learning about all these things, is just, it's, it's crazy that there's still no law. There's still no regulations and that we're all still using products that we think are safe because we buy them from a department store or a drugstore. So I am all about educating and empowering women. And, um, and so that's, you know, where I'm at today and why I'm, uh, speaking on clean beauty all over the country, um, and why my businesses are, are thriving. Um, and anyone who joins is also doing well because, um, you know, there's, there's actually, I think less than a 10 makeup artists in the country that are actually using beauty counter and using clean brands like our beauty counter specifically. But, um, there are a lot of clean artists now that like, they're popping up all over, which is awesome. But a lot of them aren't taking advantage of like, you know, going with like, I think there's an honest beauty. I don't know if they do that too. If they um, do a direct sales type of, um, I know that there's like two, I know there's one other one. Uh, oh, crunchy. I I've gotten crunchy products and they're good too. I like their foundation and stuff. Um, so it's been interesting to, um, to try another brand that's also in that same, I don't know much about their, about them. And I don't know like how they test their products and things like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's becoming a thing. So it's pretty cool. So you've, uh, obviously clean beauty has been incredibly impactful in your career, your daily life. Um, so you're still doing weddings, you're doing less weddings because you've got so much other things going on. So you've got your clean beauty podcast as well as beauty counter. So tell us about lash binder and how this came about. Yeah. So while like last year, um, when I was going to like kind of step back and focus on, um, the podcast, I was like, you know, like I, I always wanted to have my own brand and I always thought I wanted to have a beauty, like a beauty brand, but I was going to shows and expos and 
I was seeing everything that was out there and I was just like, okay, the world doesn't need another lipstick brand. The world doesn't need another hair, you know, like I just, I was like, what am I passionate about? And I started like really listening. Like what are all the things that people have complained about when I go to a, to a job? And I started to like write it down and I was like, and I, and I started to really pay attention when I would go to a job. And one of the things that I started to realize was people, especially women, were complaining that it was really hard for them to apply lashes. And whenever the lashes would come out at the end of a makeup session, everyone would start talking about lashes. And I just, I started to kind of hone in on that. And I was like, okay, people love lashes. People will do anything for lashes. People will lay down in a salon for three hours to get their lashes done. People will pay hundreds of dollars. And I've heard every horror story. I get clients that come to me with no lashes because uh, artists destroyed them. I hear stories about how they poked their self or their friend in an eye with tweezers. I've heard stories about how they dropped their lashes and they glued their eyes shut. I've heard it all. And I hear a lot of the same stories like over and over and over, especially at weddings when they all start talking and they're all like, they all have very similar stories. And um, I worked hundreds of weddings and it all, it's always the same thing. Like they always say, oh, can you teach me how? How do you put on lashes? Like, how do you do it? I've never been able to master it. And I started like thinking, okay, there has to be something I can do. And so money started coming in from Beauty Counter. Money started coming in from the podcast. And um, I was still working weddings. And I was like, okay, let me start developing something. And so my my fiance had just developed and brought to market OwlCam. It's a, uh, it's a camera. He's an engineer, but he's also an inventor. He developed HoloLens at Microsoft. And his partner right now developed and created the iPhone. So they're smart guys. And I was talking to him every night. And I was like, you know, I, was, I watched him develop um, Owl from a piece of paper to, you know, going to China, manufacturing it and then selling it and making millions of dollars. And so I was like, do you think you could help me? Like, what do, how can I do this? And he's like, draw it out, you know, like, let's do it from, from the ground zero and let's, let's, you know, develop this. And at night when I come home from work, I can help you. And so basically I, um, you know, we, we don't really sleep that much in Silicon Valley. It's very, you know, like startup life is real. Like they were in a garage and we are like in a cabin every night, like working until four in the morning. That's kind of the, the drive that I, that I had to be successful. Um, and that he had too. And I saw how much he worked on owl and I knew that I would have to do the same thing with lash binder if I wanted anything. And I didn't know exactly exactly what it was going to be called, but I knew what it would do and it would help women apply eyelashes. So I started looking, I started traveling and looking for things that were out there. And I found little like eyelash tweezers that are kind of flat and have like a head um, at the end that kind of hold it. But uh, it's like regular tweezers. You have to hold the lash in there. It doesn't hold the whole lash when you the glue is drying you're either blowing on it or flying it around in the air trying to get the glue to dry and I just saw all the issues with um with lashes and I, I said okay we have to create something uh like a bind like a binder that holds it that you can put it down you know because I'm thinking of okay when I'm working 
I, you know, got to put the glue on, but then I also got to, you know, make sure I put that down, get their like lashes curled, get everything ready. And I just don't have, I can't just hold this thing in the air and then put something sharp near their eye. Like it has to be soft. It has to be, um, it has, it can't have sharp edges. It has to, uh, I don't want it to be metal. It has to, you know, if someone bumps me and I hit someone in the eye, I don't want it to destroy their vision. Um, and we started looking at products and, you know, I did, de I designed the first one on a piece of paper and I said, this is what I want it to look like and feel like. And we got a prototype made and, um, uh, we started developing, um, like a patent and a trademark and all of that in December of 2018. Like this is really new. We launched in March. Um, I'm sorry. Seven. So it was a year, um, all together, like from start to finish. Um, but I launched in March of 2019. So this year I launched, um, a couple months ago and, I am, I've already been to Alt Summit. I've done Renegade. I've done, I'm, I just got back from Bottle Rock. Um, uh, we, where we, where we did amazing. Um, I had a bunch of local girls come in and uh, work with us. And I developed a program where if you're an, a makeup artist or an entrepreneur or an influencer, we send you a lash binder and you get $5 of every sale with your particular code, with your name. Um, and that program is, you know, free for anyone. We're not, we're all about inclusion and it, it's just, it's grown. And um, I, I ship and pack every single thing myself. I wanted to be fully involved with our first version of this product. And um, it's, my baby and it's my dream that I've been able to to do this and work literally from home pretty much like six or seven days a week now like I used to be out on the field doing events and weddings like four or five days a week and now I work from home like and hang out with my dog and you know record my podcast and have my dream product and work with beauty counter like and I do everything virtually pretty much I mean everything is we're in the digital age so um other than going to events and speaking on clean beauty and and doing pop-ups for lash binder which are my favorite thing in the world to do uh i'm yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much it lash binder is you know we we've been talking to major stores and i don't think it's going to do well on a store shelf right now i think that it's something that it's like beauty blender um i think that until people know about it and feel like they need it they're not going to really pick up a sponge on a shelf, right? Like you have to know what Lashbinder is. And so um, Lashbinder.com, you guys can go check it out. I'm sure I can give you a code um, for all your listeners if they want to get like 20% off. I'll do a code for you. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I'm. It, it's been going well and we have so many amazing people that have reached out, like other artists that were, that have wanted to work with Lashbinder and they, know that I'm a startup and that I'm a self-funded woman-owned company and they've all come on to literally like my event manager Anne Marie she was like I know that you might not be able to pay me but I just want to be an intern for you because I believe in Lash Binder and I want to help and that's happened with like four women so far so I have this amazing team of women who literally come and help me with events, help find me. Like we're at BET with Mary J. Blige like next month. And like, it's because of them, because of my amazing team and people that believe in 
um, not only clean beauty, but lash binder. And, uh, I've changed lives. Like I didn't know that lash binder was going to help people that had motor functions or that only had one arm or that had, um, a tick or, you know, issues with their health. And, um, we've helped thousands of women and it's amazing, um, that in just a couple months, you know, we get these stories and I cry every time because it's like, I didn't develop the product to like help someone with a disability. I just, I created it because I wanted it to be easier for women. And you know, it's like those, un, you know, those crazy stories that come out of nowhere that it is just like, Whoa, like I thought I was helping people, but I'm like really changing people's lives and it's really awesome. So, um, I think it's just, you know, I found a need in the market and I listened and I think it's about listening. Like, I feel like we all have things that we, complain about every single time we go on a job or in our daily lives we're like why isn't there a thing for that and it just takes someone that's like I am sick of that I need to figure it out and let's come up with a solution and um that's what I did that's awesome so I apply lashes with my fingers so I'm someone who uses their fingers because of the tweezers being sharp and years ago when I was starting out, um, gosh, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but I was doing an event with someone. Um, her name's Brittany Troche. She does all the Paul Mitchell. She's their head makeup artist for Paul Mitchell does all their shows, editorial stuff for them, advertisements, things like that. And I was working with her and she wouldn't allow us to use the tweezers because she had been trained that way as well, because there had been an incident with one of her mentors on a film set where the tweezers actually went into someone's eyes. So, you know, that experience that her mentor had trickled down to her, that trickled down to me. And I'm really proficient with using my fingers, but it would be interesting to see how Lash Binder works, especially in an environment where we're working in the trailers. You know, we're working in the hair and makeup trailers on set and, you know, someone's down on the hair end or someone's coming up the stairs and there's a lot of movement around and you're trying to use it. So I think it sounds brilliant. I'll have to try it out. And so with Lash Binder and Beauty Counter and still doing your weddings, what is next? What's next for Cassandra? Yeah, so I am on a tour schedule. So we have lots of events um, that are all over the country, all over um, the world, really. And I am popping up all over the place. So the first couple places, um, like today we're doing a charity event um, for Carrot School Project. Um, we're at Santana Row Fashion Show June 8th. We're at um, A-Loft Hotels in Santa Clara um, that night. We're at Girl Gang Craft June Market June 22nd. We're in LA that same day, so I have double teams working. We're at MobCon in San Diego, September 29th and 30th. And most of these, like MobCon, I'm speaking on clean beauty, but I'm also doing a lash bar. So lash bars have become super popular. It's something I basically created through Lash Finder because everyone wanted to see how it works. And I apply lashes in about five seconds. And so we have a line of, you know, 50, 100 women that just kind of stand there and wait their turn to get lashes applied and then try the tool themselves. And we sell out every single event. So that's, um, I've incorporated Lash Finder into every single conference and event that I'm speaking at. Um, because of the clean beauty movement, I have been uh, commissioned to go to a lot of events and trade shows and um, 
conferences. Uh, last year pays to be brave. I'm going to pays to be brave again this year on October 4th in San Diego. And basically it's like a woman entrepreneur conference with hundreds of, um, thousand women who are entrepreneurs and speakers. And basically I got to do all their makeup last year. And the thing is now that people know about clean beauty, you know, their health and wellness bloggers aren't going to keep using uh, toxic, harmful products. So they seek out clean makeup artists. So that's part of the business of it. And because there's not a lot of clean artists, I've been, like I said, commissioned to go to these uh, weddings and events all over the world, like Pays to be Brave is one of them. I'm back there again this year because there's still not clean artists in San Diego. So if, if you're an artist in San Diego and you want to join my team, please do because I'm still not finding anyone who's using um, clean brands that are willing to go to these events and service literally celebrities um, before they go on stage. Um, last year, I mean, there was a New York Times bestselling authors um, uh, like uh, Lori Harder and uh, what's like she owned the place, uh, Kara, uh, Kara Liebun, like, um, there's all kinds of, it, it's just crazy. And then I have wedding MBA in October in Las Vegas, um, October 16th. I'm speaking on clean beauty. And of course we have a lash bar there. So I've, I'm incorporating this into, you know, everything that I'm doing. Um, and, uh, I have just, there's events that I haven't even announced yet that I I've been, um, going kind of all over. And so, if you have an event or a conference and you're looking for someone to come speak on clean beauty in any sense of the word, whether it's clean, clean makeup, um, clean cosmetics, or even sustainability, I am, I'm doing events. I'm going, um, speaking all over the place and doing seminars, um, and pop-ups and, um, and being a part of fashion shows and, um, using any, platform I can to get the word out about, you know, saving our lives, saving our health, saving us trouble down the road instead of, you know, getting diagnosed with cancer for some unknown reason. Like just, you know, letting people know, like giving them nuggets of knowledge so that they can make informed decisions when they're buying because we vote with our dollars. And whoever has heard my story, like I'm just getting people reaching out that are like, Hey, can you come talk at my conference? Hey, can you come to this event? Hey, can you do a pop-up and maybe come on stage and talk for a few minutes? And it's all just sort of happening. Um, and so right now that's what's happening. Um, I'm also obviously interviewing clean and sustainable brands on my podcast. We're, uh, we're always looking for new, innovative, uh, wonderful brands. I try to stay on the West coast, but I've inter I've interviewed brands from all over the world. So, um, I'm not necessarily, cause if you think about sustainability, you want to look at locally sourced, um, goods and products and ingredients as well as, you know, supporting and fueling the local economy of where you're at. And I'm in California. So I obviously want to look to my neighbor, you know, I want to look to my other woman owned founded businesses that are here um, that are using the resources here. Um, but I, like I said, I've interviewed someone from Africa and someone from Israel and all over. So, um, that is, that's happening. And I'm kind of doing a lot of, um, 
podcast meet and greets. I'm popping up in LA uh, on in June. Um, and so wherever you're at, you can start to follow me. And I post on Instagram every day and you can see what I'm doing. And I have my highlight reels with like my events. CassandraMcClure.com is kind of like the the main where you can go for my events and my podcasts and you know, all the latest press releases and things that, um, guest blogs and interviews and podcasts that I'm doing. So yours will be there. Um, and I try to update that at least once a week with all the stuff I'm doing so that, you know, if I'm in your town in your city, you can, you can come and meet me. Um, but that's pretty much it. And obviously lash binder is, um, uh, you know, we're at pop-ups. I feel like once a week, at this point, um, doing different events. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. So I have one, well, I have two last questions for you. So my first last question is, or second to last question, what is clean beauty or can you define clean beauty for us? Yeah. Clean beauty doesn't contain fragrance. It doesn't contain unknown ingredients that could potentially be harmful for our health. And Clean beauty is, is transparent and it, it's not, you shouldn't have to go digging for information. I feel like it should be really clear what is in the products and we should be able to trust the parent company. Um, if it's under, you know, a big conglomerate brand, like a big corporation, it's potentially questionable and it's all about, you know, there's to save a few pennies on, on a, on an eyeshadow, um, you're talking about a few pennies. So for a small brand, it's like fine because you're like, okay, well I'm going to go the, the clean route and, and not, you know, cut corners. But for them, we're talking millions and millions of dollars for one ingredient in a mascara. So they're like, what's one more ingredient? And that's not clean. You know, it's not, it's not ethical and it's not, um, it's not sustainable really because you know, all of those corporations are going down. They're all starting to change and frantically try to figure out how they're going to um, make their money because you know, the internet and, and our voices are really powerful and you know, they can't shut us up because it's, it is an issue. And so um, clean beauty is just about better beauty for everyone. Um, and I hope that it the laws do change. And that is really my overall mission. And on my podcast, I'm really adamant about banning the 1500 because in the UK, there's 1400 in Canada. There's a couple hundred in the U S there's like 36, like, and there's thousands, thousands and thousands of, of, of ingredients that we don't even know what, what the, what the long-term effects are but we do know that they have been linked to cancer and all those things. So why risk it? Well, for the, for money, you know, and that's unfortunate. And hopefully these laws will pass within our lifetime so that we know we can die soundly leaving our children in a better world than we came into. Thank you. And my last question is what would you tell 2010 Cassandra? Oh my gosh, find out about clean <laughs> beauty. Like, I wish I would have known sooner. I would have never 
had all my health issues. I wouldn't have had to be in and out of the hospital, scared out of my mind, not knowing what the heck was wrong with me. I would have, I would have not experienced that. But I mean, in reality, if that happened, we wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I wouldn't have the opportunity that I have because it's just, it, I would have integrated it into my daily life. And yeah, maybe I would have talked about it, but because it affected me so harshly, I think that's why I took it so seriously. Um, if I would have known about clean beauty and I fixed it before I ever had the issues, I wouldn't be telling everyone about it. So, I mean, I could say that if I went back, I would say, Hey, you know, get into clean beauty now, uh, just to protect my own, my own self, my own skin, my own hormones and uh, all these things. But, um, I wouldn't be able to help all the people that I'm helping. And one of the, mo my most favorite, most recent stories yesterday, um, uh, a friend from back home that I went to like high school with, she reached out and said, you know, I've been listening to your podcast and I have a young daughter, you know, she's under two and she's wearing diapers and she's been having a rash since she was born. And I, I, something clicked when you were talking about fragrance and I got rid of her, um, fragrant diapers and found ones at target that were, that were, didn't contain fragrance and her rash went away. And we had tried everything for years, every week, trying something new. And you have, and I never talked about diapers. I never talked about kids on my podcast. I never talked about any sort of baby stuff because I'm not a mom yet. So I'm not even there. I'm just talking about clean beauty and to know that that changed her and her family's lives and made her daughter's life easier. Like I just, you know, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't even know who I'm touching at this point. Like, but I, but I know I'm, I'm changing the world one person at a time, which is, you know, one listener or one viewer, one follower. And it's just, it's insane because it, it does affect me and how, and it makes me more passionate every single day. So that's what keeps me going is hearing stories like that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I, um, not that this has anything to do with our podcast currently, but I ended up doing, I have three boys and I ended up um, using cloth diapers for the second and third one for that reason, because of the sensitive skin and it was because of all the stuff in them. So no, I totally get it. I, it's amazing that you're being able to touch those lives. Thank you so much for joining us today. But what I would love for you to do is to tell our listeners all of your handles on Instagram and your website one more time. Sandra McClure, C-A-S-S-A-N-D-R-A-M-C-C-L-U-R-E, McClure, like Troy McClure from The Simpsons, um, Cassandra, and then um, CassandraMcClure.com is my main website. If you're interested in my tool, Lash Binder, you can go to LashBinder.com, L-A-S-H-B-I-N-D-E-R, at Lash Binder on Instagram. That's our main place where we hang out. Uh, and we have our event schedules on both of the websites. So if you're looking for Lash Finder events, go to that. If you're looking for my speaking events, go to CassandraMcClure.com. And um, the websites are really where you're going to find us. On iTunes, you can just search Clean Beauty. I pop up first because we are the only Clean Beauty podcast in the world. And I only talk about clean 
beauty on there and a couple business bonus episodes, but they're pretty rare. Um, and so you can find the clean beauty podcast anywhere where you can find podcasts. And I'm even starting to record with video. So you can start to go see those on YouTube pretty soon, which is fun. I hear that the, the young generation wants to watch. And so, um, I've been recording this one too. So it's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll post that up. I don't know why they want to just watch me talk, but okay, I'm in for it. And, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. I'm, I'm everywhere. If you just search my name, I'm sure you'll find me. Well, thank you again so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Collective Pro podcast today. Please continue to join us on Instagram at the Collective Pro. We hope you love discovering the stories of artists as much as we do.